to Becoming Your Best Version. Today, we have a guest from the other side of the world. This amazing woman, Nutan Manohar, is joining us from India, and she is the founder of Me Met Me, a sleep whisperer, a happiness mentor, and an Ayurvedic perfumer. She is the TEDx speaker on therapeutic perfumery and adjunct faculty member at 11MK, one of the top five management institutions in India, a top 100 and top 100 globally for self-management. She's an international corporate trainer with clients like LinkedIn, Discovery Channel, the Indian Navy, Hyatt Hotels, Yoga Alliance, and more. She has a master's in yoga and an MBA, a volunteer movement she started from her yoga studio, went on to become a best practice case study acknowledged by UNDP. During the peak of her brand consultancy career, she was in charge of 11 countries. She faced a host of, uh, and of acute physical and mental challenges, which prompted her to set out on a mission to discover, design, and share techniques to restore health and happiness. In 2020, she was able to assist more than 10,000 people across the globe to become resilient to stress, stay happy, and sleep deep. She is working towards the launch of her personalized therapeutic perfumery brand. Welcome, Nitan. Thank you, Maria. That was really kind of you to read that entire. Oh <laughs> my gosh, it's all so important and relevant and interesting and inspirational. So I am so happy that you had time to do this with everything you have going on. And um, Nutan and I met while we both serve on an advisory panel for the first illustrated online magazine called uh, Crunchy Tales. It's based in the UK and both of us write for it and do presentations. We served on a panel together talking about our relative offerings and study. And I'm so excited that I met you. Thank you, Maria. Same thing. I mean, I was quite excited to meet you from the very first, you know, panel discussion that we all had together. We, there was one, some sort of an instant click that happened and uh, greatly admire the work that you do. Thank you for being such, such inspiration to all of us. Oh, well, I also um, invited Nutan to speak at a women's conference that I was chairing called the um, Her story. Her story, Global Women's Empowerment Conference. And she led us in some really deep meditation and talked about the ways that she helps women thrive. So our paths continue to intersect. And for that, I'm very grateful. So thank you. First of all, I'd love to hear about Me Met Me and how, how you came up with the name and what that offering entails. So 
over a decade ago, I used to work in brand consulting and that's when I kind of fell ill. And then this entire question of, you know, what is the purpose of my life? What is the purpose of life? Uh, can I change my behavior to improve my well-being? Can I, you know, my mind that makes my body sick in those days, can I tweak my mind so that I can, you know, help use it to help my body become healthier? Likewise, is there anything I can do with my body to make my mind feel better? So these were questions. And um, for the first time, I revisited yoga uh, more as a tool for therapy. Till then, yoga was, you know, getting into funny poses and taking photos and that's it. Or maybe as a warm up for my treks. So for the first time, I started looking into yoga for what it really offers and which is actually control over your mind. And uh, I got really fascinated by the topic. I started studying it. I started practicing in a much deeper way than, you know, what was earlier. Earlier, it was very superficial. It was fun. And uh, thus, I went to do my teacher training course. After that, I went on to do many teacher training courses. And I realized I wanted to work in therapeutics. Uh, but the fact was that since I already had a background in behavior, I wanted to combine and create modules which are based on behavior as well as mind-body intervention techniques like yoga. So the idea was to offer this complete package to help with various conditions. Maybe it could be stress, it could be insomnia, etc. And uh, so when I was looking for a name, I was very sure that I did not want a traditional yoga name, mm -hmm. purely because there was a lot more being offered. It was not about just a physical practice. It was not about losing weight. It was more about, you know, how can you identify your potential and find, you know, be able to live your best version. So the idea of meeting yourself, and that actually is the calling of yoga. It is, you know, in one way, it is about you union of your soul with the universal consciousness. It is that sense of unity, or it could even be identifying who you truly are. So there are beautiful statements in Sanskrit like Tattvamasi, uh, you are that, or Aham Brahmasmi, I am, you know, within me is the entire universe. So based on that, actually, it was a friend of mine who came up with the name Me Met Me. I heard it and I loved it immediately. And that's it. I'm like, okay, this is mine. Ah, ah, I love it. To be. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have to share with you that our listeners that I suffer from a frozen shoulder. I think it is the result of a tennis injury, but I couldn't even lift my arm without being in throbbing pain. And I posted something about it on Facebook to see if I could crowdsource some remedies and some local uh, physical therapist ideas, recommendations. And Newton said, let's meet online. I can help you. And she led me through a brief exercise. And honestly, I could lift my arm without pain. It was crazy. I am so in awe of the work that you do and can testify that it works. In 10 minutes, I had no pain and full range of motion. So I completely endorse everything that you teach. Thank you. 
Thank you, Maria. That's really, really kind of you. I mean, um, for me, I guess, you know, the, the challenge as well as the excitement is to take up cases and work on it. If I have a choice, I would really love to work one on one because everyone, everybody, every life is unique and uh, you would want to, you know, let's say, observe and then come out with a plan. And in your case, I mean, thankfully, I have seen you earlier. So when you said you have a frozen shoulder, I kind of know your body structure, the way your mind works. So the technique worked immediately. Yeah. Um, someone I do not know, I would often the time is spent in getting them, getting to know them, ah. to understand what would have caused, how do they move, how do they smile. Interesting. Ah. So it's always, I mean, the work is best when it's personalized. Uh -huh. um, but then often people are too busy to, you know, they do not have the time for doing personalized content. So then, and there's always an interest in seeing how you can, you know, uh, give it out in a nutshell. So often in my classes also, there would never be a fixed format of the class. It depends always on the kind of students who come into class. Ah. And uh, sometimes I have students who are very good with their mind, they're able to focus, then maybe the healing practice is purely the mind. Sometimes the focus is maybe healing the past or something like that, or maybe it is actual physical work. Uh, some cases I would ask them to warm it up for a week and then come and, uh, to be honest, I'm also kind of, you know, grateful to the universe for these techniques because I have, I mean, now, even though I have done my master's in yoga and various therapeutic courses, I do know that often it comes from above. It's something from intuition. I have no idea how that happens, but thankfully it's helped many people and uh, and it gives me a lot of satisfaction. It de definitely feels like that, you know, purpose of my life. I think so. I think you are a healer and you have accepted the gifts from the universe and are using them in such a positive way. So I'm grateful for that. And uh, if you have pain, of the emotional, physical, or mental um, type, I would have you definitely look into scheduling a call with Newton. And um, in the show notes, it has how to get in touch with her. Thank and you. also, everyone should watch her TED talk, TEDx talk and her Your Story feature and check out her, her on all social media as well. So you also call yourself a sleep whisperer. Tell our listeners what that entails. So in the past, I was one of those lucky few who could sleep anywhere, anytime. 10 o'clock at night, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, I would fall asleep. I have even slept in discotheques. When ah! I was partying, I could actually sit and sleep there. And then often they would do pub hopping. So they would, you know, wake me up and then we would go to the next place and sleep there. Oh, oh my God. So anyway, I'm not much of a party person. Oh, so funny. I would talk to. And uh, anyways, but when I started going through problems, the strangest thing that I mean, affliction I had was insomnia. I would just awake. I mean, lie awake in the night. I can't sleep. And then since I can't sleep, I get stressed out about the fact that I haven't slept. And then I would try taking medications for it. And then the medication would affect my brain in the sense that, you know, I mean, I heavily depended on my ability to recall case studies and then kind of suggest a way forward. And I just would go blank. Oh my! There are times goodness. when I would go to a location and I kind of, you know, I'm blank. I'm looking around wondering, how did I get here? Why did I get here? 
<laughs> not working out for me. So insomnia was one of the things I needed to work on for myself. And I think that has really created that sense of empathy. When people tell me that, you know, they wake up in the night and then they're really stressed that they can't sleep. I'm like, I know what you mean. <laughs> right. And uh, so again, it becomes a combination of working with behavior because sleep actually is a habit. And uh, the Indian word, the Sanskrit word for it is nidra. It actually means a state of no desires. So that means you have rest. And at the same time, you're not excited or you're not, you know, infatuated and thinking about someone either. Both ways you can lose sleep. Right. Oh, I didn't know that's what nidra meant. I mean, I've done yoga nidra before, but I didn't know that was what the Sanskrit or... So all Sanskrit words, if you really look at the etymology, it's fascinating. Wow. And uh, so then if once you know the word nidra, then you understand, okay, there is a desire. It could be positive. It could be negative. How do I work on that? All right. And uh, I started looking into neuroscience. I started looking into um, how does various systems affect your body? How does, you know, your neurotransmitters happen, all that. And then finally came up with what I call the three rituals of sleep. So five to seven, this is valid for those who have insomnia. So five to 7 p.m. ideally should be your time of letting go, letting go of excitement, letting go of stressful, especially stressful things. I wouldn't say let go of excitement at 5 to 7 p.m. But uh, so if you, for instance, if you have a stressful meeting coming up, try to schedule it in the morning mm -hmm. instead of the evening, mm -hmm. right? Or maybe if you need to, have a heavy meal, keep it for lunch, don't keep it for dinner. So various things that you need to let go of. Caffeine could be another thing. I often speak about alcohol at this juncture and that's when people go, no, I'd rather not sleep. <laughs> so I often tell them if you need to drink, go ahead and drink in the morning, but don't drink after two o'clock. And then they would, yeah, I mean, uh, anyway, so that's a ritual of uh, letting go, which is mostly behavioral. And then maybe that's a good time to actually vigorously work out as well, because, you know, you try to see how adenosine, that's an enzyme, I mean, that's an, what's it, a compound the body creates when your body is tired. But if your body is not tired or if you have caffeine in your system, it doesn't, you know, signal. And therefore you feel you need to, you can stay awake. So a good thing would be cut down on your caffeine as well as, you know, exercise vigorously by 5 to 7 p.m. That will tire your entire body out. Right. Here's where it gets interesting. So if you work out on your right hand more or you just work out on your right hand, the left part of your brain related to your right hand sleeps better. So. Oh, huh. Okay, so there are there are things like that. So you can you can even you know work out different parts and see how you. I do crazy studies like that. <laughs> That's fascinating. Wow. So does that affect which side you should sleep on if you're a side sleeper? Um, not really. Uh -huh. It's more to say. So for instance, um, you know, you there is a part not your front of your you know head, but you know somewhere in the middle you have a part of your brain that's linked to your motor. You know, it's connected to your movements, your muscles, etc. And your right side of your body is connected to the left side and of the brain. And the left side of the body is connected to the right side of the brain. Okay. It's been found, especially in animals, that, you know, they might actually sleep with one side better. So example being, for instance, if you see, uh, you know, ducks sitting in a circle, 
and sleeping. Um, they are all sitting together and uh, the, the ducks in the center would sleep with both their eyes closed and both sides of their brain are sleeping. But the duck sitting on the right side on the circumference on the edge would have its right side op eye open almost so that it can detect or look out for danger. The left side will be closed. The left eye will be closed. Wow. Brain is different. So very, very fascinating things the body Yes, does. yes. Wow. Gosh, so, there's a lot to sleep, huh? <laughs> there's a lot to sleep. Dolphins, for instance, sleep with half a brain because if they sleep with both sides of their brain, they would drown. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> When you're in an unfamiliar place, it's your primeval part of your brain kind of telling you that this is unfamiliar, there can be danger lurking. That explains why you could go to an awesome resort and still not be able to sleep and be able to sleep comfortably in your home, which is not so beautiful or not so luxurious. Wow, interesting stuff. So the other offering that Nutan has is that she's a happiness mentor. How do you do that work and what it, what exactly is that work? Okay, so happiness mentor again, the idea being that, you know, maybe 40% of your happiness is genetic, which still means that you can work on 60% more. Okay, so you can work on it. And even if there is a 10% improvement, that is massive. So you can look at, you know, how does your brain normally process patterns? So in a day, you might have 70,000 thoughts, of which, unfortunately, 85% of the time, it's negative thoughts. And 90% of the time, it's repetitive thoughts. Mm -hmm. And this is an average human being, and that's actually the way the brain is wired. So now, how do I change the wiring of my brain so that I can have more positive emotions? And it is, again, for instance, if you constantly think of something that worries you, it actually builds up and you might end up falling in. Likewise, if you constantly think about something that gives you joy, something that gives you happiness, it could even be imaginary. And that could actually start showing differences in your body. So training people to see, you know, more positive, I mean, create more, generate more positive emotions. It could be gratitude, it could be appreciation. Uh, it could be at a physical level, which could mean that, okay, 15 minutes of physical practice where you sweat it out and then you fall down and just rest breathing so that you feel, oh my God, I'm glad I'm alive. So even doing things like that. Love and then that. you basically study what's happened before. I mean, how is your happiness before you started all this and how is it afterwards? Okay. And in a recent study with 500 students, which was with IIM, Kikori Koda, okay. IIM, Indian Institute of Management. We, I managed to get around 10% uh, uh, improvement in mental condition, psychological health, and 11% in social, uh, social uh, health with 15 hours of work across a month during the peak of the second wave. So that means there is a lot we can do in terms of improving our happiness. And uh, I think a lot of the work, the reason why I feel there is a lot of success that's happening is because it's a sad reason. India is one of the most unhappiest countries in the world. India is one of the, well, it is the most depressed country in the world. Wow. So 
it's hard to believe, but in a WHO study in 2019, India turned out to be the most depressed and uh, 2020 or was it 2020? Yes, sir, 2021, UN study on happiness, India was one of the most depressed, I mean, unhappiest countries. So the unfortunately, I mean, I hate to put it this way, I tend to work with a lot of people where happiness levels are low. So then if you can work on that, you know, then it becomes a great way to help others who might actually be happy and, you know, improve it for them. Right. So you're really doing a, a national service where you are. <laughs> I, I, what's it, um, I love working on, uh, especially women communities, yes. like, uh, I was, I'm, I'm kind of blessed that way. I mean, today's a, a girl that I had worked with earlier, um, she kind of contacted saying that, you know, next so many months she wants to work on women's, uh, say, conditions and with the women's NGO. And we started to see, okay, if there's an NGO uh, working with women issues in India who would be interested in taking us, we will go ahead and do the work for free across the months and make sure that there is a change that happens. So I definitely find myself being able to do all that ah that is great you are blooming where you are planted yes <laughs> and the other piece of the work that you do that i'm very interested in is your personalized therapeutic perfumery let's hear about that so uh, 2010 was the very first time I blended essential oils for therapeutic purposes i had no background in essential oils the day that i did it but then it is coming from actually one of the yoga practices. We do something called Kundalini Tantra. And I was practicing a lot on something called the Muladhara Chakra or the Root Chakra Energy Center. The idea was to improve uh, my financial situation, my uncertainties in life, more support from the universe, etc. But instead, what happened was my nose, which is associated with the Muladhara Chakra, got really, really strong. So it's... It's one of those where you practice for some reason and something else happened. Anyways, what happened was um, I started blending and those days I was going through a very bad heartbreak. I, I was really, really hurt. And uh, I remember smelling these oils and I started feeling good immediately. So I started blending it and I called it my heartbreak oil. And then later on, I even went on to blend even better oils, which I call the ultimate heartbreak oil. And... Um, uh, <laughs> And then I've been tinkering away with it. I mean, India was not a market for the oils because oils are extremely expensive. So pure oils are very expensive and India, it's not yet. I mean, it is kind of getting to be a market now. 2019, I went to I'm Bangalore, another institute, and they selected me as a startup for perfumery. But my mentor there, he asked me, do you think you can personalize it? I mean, okay, you're making interesting blends on focus, on sleep, but can you personalize it? And he wanted me to work on uh, Myers-Briggs Personality Type Index, MBTI, which checks whether you're extroverted, introverted, whether you're sensory, whether you're a feeling type, etc. Um, but then I told him that might be difficult because physiology would be different. So I said, hey, how about I look at it from an Ayurvedic perspective? Because in Ayurveda, everybody is looked at their, based on their body type. So you could be a Vata body type, which is air element. You would be thinner. You will, your skin might be a bit dry. You will be creative, but you will have too many thoughts, etc. Or you could be Pitta body type, where you are very process-oriented. You have 
I think you are Pitta Kapha. <laughs> just to oh, give you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pitta. So these are people who really like processes. Like, you know, for instance, I mean, how do you do things? Uh, in terms of physiology, for instance, they might have, uh, if they don't eat on time, they get really angry. <sighs> angry. Um, if worst case, they get ulcers, they might be the ones getting acne, all that. Kapha on the other side are very pleasant, very centered people, but then they tend to be on the slower side. All of these types have their positives and their negatives, but the idea is, you know, whatever your body type is, very easy to guess how would you deal with a stressful situation. A vata might actually get overwhelmed and clumsy. A pitta might actually start getting angry. Okay, and a kapha might actually get depressed if it's too stressful. So depending on your body type, how you deal with, say, insomnia, all that has actually been, you know, written in Ayurveda. Likewise, you can even look into the chakra system. Chakra system, I would look at it from an energy point of, or emotion point of view. Okay. Uh, so for instance, if you're stressed out because of a breakup, it's going to affect your heart. If you're stressed out because of maybe financial problems, you might actually have problems in your lower back. Okay. So it depends on which part of the body. And uh, when you combine it, plus one more thing that I do look into is that, you know, how do people respond to different climate? Some of us thrive in winter, some of us can't stand winter. So I look at that as well. And then based on all that, I personalize the blend and send it out to them. Wow. Wow. Well, I can't wait to sample some of those offerings. That sounds very that's, cool. That's where, you know, uncertainties, you know, I mean, or the, you know, plan of life or the flow of life. So I moved everything to Netherlands, my perfumery, my lab, everything. And then I got stuck in India because of COVID. Oh my goodness. The next wow. year, hopefully I will restart. But yeah. uh, this year and last year has been just pause and wait Wow. Well, please keep me posted on that. I'm very interested in in here in yes. smelling your perfumes and your essential oils. Um, the question that I most enjoy hearing from the illustrious women on this podcast are ways that you become your best version. What are some things that you do to help you be your best? Okay. I think after I went through a series of problems, that's when I started wondering what is the uh, purpose of life. And uh, this is my limited understanding of what could be life. I believe we've been put on this earth to learn some lessons. So possibly it could be about love or it could be about money. It could be about leadership. And the only way we can learn those lessons is going through different situations where we fall in love, break up, have a heart break, your heart broken, mend it, you know, love people who hurt you or, or even understand your weaknesses and your ability to love people who hurt you. Or maybe if it is on finance, you know, that you would have various patterns that come your way. If you can just believe that universe has your back, Mm -hmm. It really wants you to live, I mean, uh, to, you know, realize your potential. And that is why these things happen. It is not trying to punish you. It is not trying to put you down. Instead, it's trying to actually teach you in a very strange way to bring out the best in you. All the experiences that you need to transcend. 
So if you kind of have acceptance for all the challenges that you come your way, and sometimes those are really, really hard, okay, but keep faith and work on it. There's always a lesson and always you start, you know, evolving further and further. And if you keep that belief, I believe that you will find your best version. The universe truly loves you and gives you what you need, even if it is really painful. I'm sure you have gone through a lot of pain. I have gone through a lot of pain. Um, and um, we've worked with a lot of people who've gone through immense amounts of pain. But then beyond that, when they blossom, you know that you know, it all added up to something. I'm not telling you to be you know, toxic positive. Instead, just believe that you will be able to you know, blossom wherever you're planted. And I think that's the whole message. That's so beautiful and so true. I, I share in your beliefs and uh, I try to look at every person and situation as being a teacher for me, even if I don't like it. Mm -hmm. And that the pain that I've experienced in my life indeed was necessary for my growth. So I echo what Nutan has shared with us. And I can't wait to see your future offerings. And I'm so grateful that you are here today at the end of a busy day in India, morning here in the US, to share with us some of the wonderful things you are doing and the light you are putting out into the world. So again, everyone take a look at Me Met Me, uh, the website, memetme.org, I believe. Yes, .com yes. or .org, both will work. Okay, and uh, take a look at some of the wonderful things she's doing. And even though she's in India, we have met no, numerous times on Zoom. So she is very accommodating to different, different time zones. So everyone, um, let's put some light into the world inspired by this in, extraordinary individual. And I'll uh, see you next week when we return to becoming your best version.